connecting you to people, knowledge, and business development in the line striping industry. This is Stripe It Like It's Hot. Brought to you by Blacktop Banter with your host, Cam Roberts. What's happening, Pod Squad? Welcome into a solo episode of the podcast, which we haven't done in a very long time. We've been having some pretty awesome guests over the last uh, number of episodes, but today, just me, which means I'm going to keep it short because I think having guests on <laughs> means the episode should be longer. So I'm going to try and just like compact 20 minutes. Matt's got a timer. 20 minutes of value uh, into this episode. So I'm officially titling this episode um, making the tough decisions in your striping business. Um, actually speaking of guests, like if you, if you go back, even just some of the most recent guests we've had on the show, uh, I try really hard when we interview guys like Marco Mena or, or Chris Mall, like we, we see these guys now and you see that they're large companies they're doing in both those cases, you know, they're doing national work. And these guys have grown and grown to such a presence, uh, both in the size of the company and how much money is made, but also just the impact that they're making. But I try really hard when, when we have guests on to, to make sure that we talk about the journey of how they got there. Um, in both of those cases, Chris Mall, Marco Mena, and so many of the others that we've had on the show, like these guys started with buckets out of the backs of trucks. And I think it's so important to remember that, like, these are not like amazingly gifted people, wonderkins, like they've, they've grown into incredible businesses. Um, but the amazing thing is they've started from quite likely the same place that you and I have started in our businesses. Or if you're thinking of starting, this is where you could go. You could end up, uh, in that size of company. So I try really hard when we chat with these guys, I try to ask them, like, what did it look like back then? What were the challenges? How did you grow? And, and not just for the sake of chasing money, but like, how did you make more impact with people, with hiring, hiring employees? Because what happens when you're sealing driveways out of the back of your truck, or if you're striping parking lots out of the back of your minivan, like I was doing, um, the work is generally easy to manage, um, especially if you're like a solo business owner operator you can set your own pace it's pretty pretty easy going you can say no to people um, but if you have the desire to grow your business you have to start making some tough decisions along the way and you have to start approaching business a lot differently than if it were just you in the business so there's a couple things I want to talk about here today with regards to that like uh, two things really um, how will you spend your time in the business so basically as a business owner uh, what activities do you choose to invest your time into? And then second of all, um, tough decisions in businesses usually involve people. So I'm going to talk about that too. But I don't, I don't want, uh, I want to make sure that that's, you know, something that if you're listening out there and you already have a business and you hear any interview, whether it's on this show or you follow somebody on YouTube, wherever, if you hear an interview with somebody who's in uh, a large company like Mall Asphalt, like all out parking lots, um, that guys that we just talked to, there's a good chance that you are farther ahead now in your business than when those guys started theirs. So even though those companies are now national providers and they're doing crazy big jobs and crazy big work and have lots of people and staff all over the country and they're selling projects in all 50 states and crazy amount of work, but 
those guys started from nothing and they built it up. So if you're listening, you're probably farther ahead than when they started. Where I have seen a lot of challenges for myself and and other business owners with their striping companies or paving companies is the changes that you have to make as a business owner, the approach that you take and how you approach your business, where you invest your time, the kinds of people you hire has to change with it. So I'll talk first about um, how you spend your time. So, so many of us do everything when we start. Um, I have no doubt that people are listening to this who are in that phase right now. Um, I just spoke with a guy this morning um, in Vancouver Island, so uh, same province as I am here in Canada, who is right at the point where he's like, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to buy a machine, going to get going. And when you do that, when you take the plunge and you buy your first seal coat tank, you buy your first striper, you do it all, man. Like you, you run around after hours of your day job and you do estimates. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're working your day job, but you're also striping and you're sending out the invoices and you're communicating with clients. And, and that's usually manageable. Even if you have a day job, it's manageable when you start. But then invariably what happens is, you know, people who uh, deliver uh, the expectations to their customers, you know, in their first couple striping jobs and they make people happy. Now the word starts to spread, right? And if you, you can get referrals and start lining up other work, your company starts to really uh, grow in its infancy stages. But if you have a full-time job, um, you're going to quickly find the, a wall that you hit, which is you simply don't have the time anymore to do everything that you used to. And so usually, or not usually, but often what can happen in this case is people quit their day job. That's like the obvious next step. If, if you don't have time to do all of the stuff that you did at day one and you're working a full-time job, you take the leap of faith, you quit your day job, and now you're in the business full-time. Um, often what's the next step after that is hiring on people. And often in striping, you know, in my example, the first person that I ever hired was uh, somebody to help me in the field. Um, it was a young guy. I wish he was still here. That'd be awesome. But he moved out east. But um, yeah, young guy, he was 17 or 18. Um, you know, he didn't have like a minimum amount of work he needed to do. Um, you know, we had some longer days and, and definitely some busier weeks, but there were some weeks where maybe he only worked once and he was cool with that. Um, so that was my first days of hiring an employee. When you start to hire employees though, what can be really hard, and this is what I wanted to focus in on in this podcast episode is one of the tough decisions you have to make as a business owner is when you start, you know, uh, even before you start hiring people, where do I start to get my time back from doing everything? Now, truth be told, there are some companies out there um, in this industry that make hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps even a million dollars or more of revenue that are entirely dependent on the business owner being involved in the day-to-day, doing the things like if you removed the business owner, the whole company would crumble immediately. Like nobody would know what jobs are coming up next. Nobody knows what jobs need to be sold. Nobody knows what the sales pipeline is like. And to a certain extent, like, don't get me wrong. That's okay. When you start, um, when you start growing and you hit, you know, your your six figures of revenue and you start getting busy, um, everything is probably going to flow through the business owner. Anyways, the tough decision comes as the business owner, getting yourself out of doing those day-to-day things and start building it into a system 
that other people can help you with. And that's brutally hard for people. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to make a general statement, but often what happens, um, and you can see this by just, just by reading a lot of the comments online when people are complaining about hiring people, is they hire somebody to do a task. That person doesn't do that task as good as the business owner. The business owner gets frustrated and either fires the person or just gives up and lets the person you know, continue in mediocrity. And the company growth becomes stagnant because the business owner constantly has to jump back in to help with the scheduling, help with the sales, help in the field, whatever, whatever the position was that they hired for. The person, the business owner always has to go jump back in, put on the cape, save the day. That will forever restrict the growth of a company because the, the business owner just can't be tied down to the day-to-day things and always saving the day for people. And that's a hard, hard hurdle to overcome. Um, so there's a lot, a lot that goes into the, the approach a business owner should take of how do I build that system where people thrive where people can do these tasks uh, successfully, maybe not as good as the business owner can do it themselves, but how do they, how do I empower people to do those kinds of activities so that the business owner can focus on growing the business, continuing that growth pattern? I've said this many times before, but it's not like I, it's just not a requirement for a business to continue to grow in revenue. Um, Now, it's often said, and, and I do believe this, that if you're not growing as a business, you're dying. Like stagnant means dying. Like you, you can't really continue to do the same thing the same way. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that a business has to grow exponentially and hire massive people and like unparalleled growth. Like growth in a company could mean very little financially. Growth in a company could mean how do we make things more efficient? Um, growth in a company could mean how does the business owner start to become less involved and have more of the people take on the ownership of the company, take on, uh, not ownership in the sense of like owning the company, but how does, how do employees, uh, take more responsibility within the company that can be growth in a company too. So company growth doesn't have to be money, but a company should always be focused on growing in some way. And the only way that happens is if business owners, when we started our striping companies and did everything, learn how to get out of doing everything. So that's going to lead me to my second point here. Um, and this is, you know, for, I'm probably speaking for most people, but most certainly for myself, people decisions are some of the hardest decisions that you'll ever make as a company. Um, not even like... Onboarding people can be difficult, but removing people from the company can be exponentially more difficult. So what I mean by that is um, that first employee that I hired, you know, four or five years ago, um, that was terrifying, man. Like, like I went on a, a deep dive of listening to podcasts, uh, connecting with other people in, in striping industry and, and in other industries. And I was, I was trying to find the answer to this question. Like, when do I hire my first person and how do I do it? I didn't want to screw it up. Like I'm a people person sometimes to a fault. Like I, I care a lot about what other people, uh, think or how, not even so much what they think, but I want people to succeed. 
basically. And I was terrified of like, if I make a hiring decision that doesn't work, I'm going to let somebody down. And I took that as a responsibility very seriously. And I think any business owner should. I took it to a really extreme level and I was convinced. I know I've said this before, but like I was convinced that I had to be like the provider for an employee. Like it's my responsibility to make sure this person is fed consistent work. You know, I'm going to have to make sure that, that they're 40 hours a week and that they have everything going for them. And the reality is that when you make your first hiring decision, like not everybody needs that level of commitment from a business owner. So when you hire that first person, you make the first, that jump into it. And, you know, I'm a big believer that anything you do in business, if you're, if it's your first time doing it, you know, whether it's hiring or, um, you know, doing a new service that you've never done before, the first time you're doing it is supposed to suck. Like you're just not going to be that good at it. You should take it seriously. Like hiring people, you should absolutely take it seriously, but you're just not going to be great at it. Like even now, there's things that we do in our company day to day. And we like, we have over 20 people working with us now, but there's things that we do. And I do in the company that I just haven't done before and I'm learning it. And some of the things that I did even six months ago or a year ago, I can look back on it and go, I would have done that differently. But so that's okay. When you hire people, um, that's going to be part of the process, just not being great at it. But if your company is really starting to grow, and this is what I really wanted to hone in on with this part, is if you do have employees, you know, one, two, four, you know, it doesn't even matter. You could have 10, 20 people. If you're struggling as a business owner to put the right people in the seats in your company and you don't have the right qualified people who fit the culture, who have the technical skills, um, you know, those people are, are, it's going to restrict the growth of the company. It, it might not even be that employee's fault, but it comes to a point where the, the people, if your company is growing, the ideal situation is you want your employees to grow in the company with you. Now, I've been very fortunate. Like we have people in our company that have done that. Um, probably my, my favorite example of that is um, when we first got into snow removal a couple of years ago, uh, we were looking for some casual, uh, snow shoveling help. I think this would have been 2021. So we put out job postings and I would even post on my personal Facebook page, like, Hey, if you live in Prince George and you want to make some extra money, like very little obligation, you just got to push a shovel, simple application. Um, we had somebody come uh, apply for that. And that was right around the time when, uh, in our part of the world in British Columbia, we had some super tight COVID restrictions. So this person uh, couldn't work because of COVID restrictions. Um, he, he basically said, look, I just want to stay in shape. Like I'm a roofer in the summer. I have my own fitness training business. So he couldn't train his clients in the winter. And he's like, I just want to stay in shape. I'll come push a shovel. So after like one or two shifts of watching this guy and meeting him on site one day, and you know, I just saw how he dealt with other people. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. So, and you know, we were still under COVID restrictions but I basically said to him, look, I want you to be more involved in the company. I really, really like you. Why don't you hop in the sanding truck, run our sanding and salt truck? And he's like, I've never done that before, but I'm in. He's like, I'll totally do that. So then on a part-time basis, he was doing our early morning uh, salt run in the truck, salting and sanding parking lots. And that led us to, well, we really like this guy. We're going to start inviting him to our team meetings. So he came to our team meetings. 
uh, the end of that winter season, we just like my operations manager at the time and myself were like, we can't let this guy go. Like we love this guy. So how do we make a spot for him in the company? So we ended up giving him a spot on our uh, production crew. He became a line striping technician. And it like, it wasn't even like three, four months after that where this individual, um, he quickly was being looked at by all of his peers as the guy to go when you have a problem. So he was still a technician he was only three or four months into it, but he immediately, in a, in a, in non inappropriate way, he asserted himself as a, a, a someone to be respected and somebody in charge and somebody who knew what they were doing. So once again, we promoted him again, we made him a crew leader. And now that person is still in our company. Uh, he's now serving as a project manager. And uh, honestly, I think he's just getting started. Once in a while, you will strike gold like that. And the way that we did things in 2020 and 2021, you know, with our snow removal and anything in our company is so different than the way we do it now. We've, we've come so much farther. Still a long way to go, but we've come a long ways. But that individual who's now a project manager grew with the company with us. And that's, uh, at least from my experience, I'm telling you, it's very rare to have that happen. Even if you have the foresight to tell somebody, look, I'm trying to grow my striping company. Like, this is what I can offer you now, but this is where I'm trying to get it. And and the way the work that you do now and the way we do things now might change in three months. It might change in six months. It might change in two weeks. Um, our company had a lot of those changes. Uh, laser, laser pavement solutions has made a lot of changes and sometimes we make them very quickly. Um, they're calculated decisions, but we execute them very quickly and that can throw a lot of people off guard and that can get a lot of people uncomfortable with that change. Um, I kind of suspected when we redid our core values in 2022, that's why I included the, the new core value of innovation. Um, we're a very technological company. You know, we value software. We value getting information quickly to our clients. But I also chose that core value because it was important for people who work here to understand, like, we're constantly going to be tweaking. We're constantly going to be refining. So all of this is to say that when your company grows, some of those people who have been with you since the beginning or since the early days um, might struggle to, to grow and see those changes through with you. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that level of change can really disrupt somebody's um, desire to, to be at the company. Now, I struggled with that mightily back in like 2021. Um, that's when we really started growing as a company. We were hiring more people. We had an operations manager, um, had people assisting in the sales department. Like things were starting to take off then. And... What I learned very quickly is we had some just dynamite people, especially in production. Like we had some great technicians, great line stripers, great snow removal operators. Um, but as we grew, they struggled to keep up. And as we like, I personally, like I really doubled down and I, I dug my heels in when it came to our core values and hiring the right people, uh, training the skill, but hiring for attitude. And what I found is it's easy when you're hiring somebody, uh, you know, on day one saying, this is where we are. This is what we expect. As your company grows, you need to raise those expectations a little bit. And some people don't continue to meet that expectation. 
And in the in a really poor case, you know, over the years, I've had this happen too, where you unfortunately have to make a decision to let somebody go and remove them from the company so that the company can continue to grow. And I've, especially like two, three years ago, I've had some some people like really resent me for it. Like, this is not what I signed up for. What we're doing now is not what I signed up for on day one. So I learned early on, set the expectation, tell people that. But the thing I wanted to convey to um, to anyone listening here or watching on YouTube is the same thing that was taught to me in 2021 by my coach. He said, look, like Cam, some of the people that the company needs right now might not be the same people the company needs two years from now. And again, that doesn't mean the, the people are are wrong or there's something wrong with them or that they're unqualified. It just means the, the company is, you know, our striping companies are an entity that requires resources, people, equipment. And just like as your company grows, you expand and get more equipment, you get bigger equipment, different equipment. It's the same with people. That first employee who helped me in the field back in 2019 or 20, whenever that was, um, like it was exactly what laser line painting, as we were called back then, that's exactly what laser line painting needed was somebody to help me in the field. Like I was striping like big projects by myself and it wasn't working out very well. Well, that person, you know, I wish he was still here. He'd probably still be with us. But, uh, you know, that person four years later, you know, that role has changed so much. There's, there's no general helper in our company now. And I know from personal experience, which leads me to believe if I'm, if I experience this, I'm willing to bet some of you guys out there are experiencing this as well. will really struggle with making difficult personnel decisions when you realize that the people, individual people or groups of people that you had, you know, when you started the company or were starting to grow might not be the same people that the company needs to continue to grow. Um, and that can be brutally hard, sometimes the worst decisions possible. So it can be really easy as a business owner to um, hold on to people because of the history, because of the experience um, that you've had with that person, while at the same time knowing that, you know, the company's changing and maybe the company has changed too much for this person. So that can be some of the hardest decisions to make, but in order to grow the company, sometimes those are the hard decisions that do have to be made. So pretty, pretty deep topic, but I think it matters a lot. Um, you know, just, I, I hate to put like specific numbers on it because every company is going to be different, but if your company out there is growing and you're into six figures of revenue, maybe, you know, hundred, 200,000, maybe even 500,000, you know, as you start to hit those numbers, it becomes so important to have the right team of people with you. And making the decisions that, uh, that make up that team can be some of the hardest ones to make. So it can really impact the growth of a company. Um, and if you're impacting the growth of the company in any way, um, like I said before, if, if companies aren't growing in any way, um, they're probably dying off slowly. And it's so important that at some level, companies continue to, to grow and progress. So uh, I've kind of fallen in love with it now. Um, you know, in my company, I love, I love our people, but I also love the idea of helping our people. Um, like, like our, our, as a company, our passion is improving communities. And so we do that through our services. We improve our communities by the services we do. 
we make things looking better. We make parking lots and pavements safer, you know, in summer and winter. We, we help people maintain their value. That's our passion as a company. But uh, uh, um, the mission of our company and what we're really trying to do is develop our people and provide people the best opportunity for personal and professional growth. That's my job now. Like, that's what I love to do. And um, my hope is that for you guys listening out there who do want to grow their company um, can, you know, there's going to be some struggles with people along the way, but develop and learn that skill of uh watching the company grow while also helping your people grow with it. Because I, I firmly believe you, you won't be able to have your company grow unless those people are growing alongside with you. So if you want to talk more about that, um, we've had some, a lot more feedback lately, probably because Matt's killing it. boy, Yeah, good job. So yeah, if you want to talk more about that, reach out anytime. I love connecting with people. Um, get in touch with us on, on Instagram, Facebook, what am I missing, Matt? Email, YouTube. We put out a ton. Of, this is on YouTube, man. Yeah, not not hard to find us, but yeah, get in touch. We'd love to, to, to connect. And if there's anything I can do to help you guys along the way, let me know. So hopefully you enjoyed the solo. We'll get back with guests next week. Keep your stripes hot. We'll talk to you then.